Well, it is uh, New Year coming up, and if you know me, what, what, some of you know this, my wife would know this, you can shout out, uh, what, what is my favorite, all-time favorite sports team in the, in the world? The Mariners, absolutely the Mariners, and, and what do I say about the Mariners every year? That they're going to win the World Series. My friend Jason Dre sent me this, the life of a Mariners fan, we'll get him next year. Grows up a little bit later, we'll get him next year. 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 I'm feeling like it's getting closer and closer to that's my reality. So this is what I sent Jason back. That's, that is who I am. And so I just want to be the first to say this in the year 2018. The Seattle Mariners, your Seattle Mariners, are going to win the World Series. Come on. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Some, some of you, they, here's the problem. So they are so bad that some of you are saying, and who are the Seattle Mariners? <laughs> but it is. It's right around the corner, 2018. Have you taken inventory yet of 2017? I, I'd encourage you to do so. I know sometimes we just want to move on and, and just kind of crumple it up and throw it in the fire. But I, I think there's some wisdom in, in looking back and, and seeing the highs, the lows, good, bad, the ugly, so to speak. But what are the highlights? What are the highlights of 2017? I, I've been doing that for my own life this past week. Just the highlights of my life in 2017. And, and I, I want to say it particularly that way. Because if you're anything like me, sometimes we can only remember the bad things that happened. Right? Only the bad things. You remember the huge fight. You remember the conflict. You remember that friendship, the lifelong friendship that was broken. You remember the job that you lost. You remember the accident. You remember the diagnosis. It's easy to slip into that way of thinking where you only think about the bad things that have happened. Or sometimes I think we get stuck. I can get stuck in this way of thinking where you just think of all the good things that didn't happen, that you really, really wished would have happened. Right? You wish you would have gotten married. You wish you got the new job or the promotion or the raise or the new house. Or you, you wish that the Mariners would win the World Series. Whatever it else it is, right? It's just in 2017. Remember at the beginning of 2017 you said, this is the year. Right? This is the year it's going to happen. And yet it didn't happen. And so you can kind of get trapped in that way of thinking. But as Christians, I think it's so important for us to consider the good things. Everyone say good things. The good things that happen. The good, amazing things that happen. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, it was so powerful. Remember, uh, the, it's a celebration of Rooted, and we had about 20 people come up here. Remember that? And they had signs. And these signs, uh, remember the signs? And they, they talked about what God had done, the good and amazing things that God had done in their life. On, on one side of the sign, it said, this is where I was. Remember this? And then they flipped the sign, and they said, but with God, this is where I am now. I don't know about you, but one, I was just crying like a baby as I was, I was watching that whole thing. But it was extremely moving, extremely powerful. Just these are the good and amazing things that God has done. This morning, I want to give us all the space, the, the room, the freedom to do that in each of our own lives, to, to look at what God has done. And I'm just, there's probably a thousand good things, but I'm just going to give you three good things, good and amazing things that happened this year. You know what? Actually, I'm going to make it four. Because I think this one is not a number because I have the numbers on the screen. But we'll just put a little asterisk. Micah and Nicole got married. Can we celebrate Micah and Nicole Henderson? Woo! 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. If you have uh, a pen or a paper, you might want to write some of these down. I think uh, this would be a good week to take some notes. Number one, first thing, good and amazing thing that happened. You lived. <laughs> You're alive. That happened. <laughs> it did. I know because I'm talking to you. <laughs> the gift of life, right? Of living. I think the longer you're alive, the more that you appreciate life. Remember when you were a kid? I mean, you just thought you'd live forever. Forever. But then the older you get, I mean, some tough things, right? When you lose classmates, that, right after I graduated, three of my friends died that first year. It was just like, what? Are you kidding me? Colleagues, we just had a pastor, senior pastor in Renton uh, die uh, this past week. We had a spouse of a really good pastor in Spokane uh, die just yesterday. Uh, family, right? Some of us lost family this year. You have enough people in your life that pass away, and you're like, wow, like this life thing, it's not a given. This life thing, it's fragile. I remember in Ghana, one of the things I brought back was this hand holding an egg, and, and the symbolism there was that life is fragile. This is how Peter describes it. He's actually quoting Isaiah here, but he says, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off. So congratulations, your flesh is like grass. And have you noticed it withers? Now, again, as a kid, this was just a metaphor, right? Just like, yeah, sure, whatever. My life is like grass and it withers. Whatever. Didn't make much sense. I'm older now. I've been seeing quite a bit of withering in me. I'm not the grass that I used to be. But yet, I thank the Lord. I do. I thank the Lord. I think we should all thank the Lord that, yeah, okay, we're withering. But I'm alive. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. And as followers of Christ, not only are we alive, like breathing, walking, talking, moving, eating, sleeping, all those things of life, as people who have put our faith and trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're not just alive, but we're alive, alive. You know what I mean when I say alive, alive? Like we're not just physically alive, but in a much more powerful and important way, we are spiritually alive. Spiritually alive. In fact, if you're spiritually alive today, could you just give me an amen? Amen. amen. So because of that, because of Jesus, we can say in the best of ways, we were alive in 2017. This is how the disciple Peter, again, how he says it. He says, you've been born again. You've been made alive. But not of seed which is perishable, you know, like that gra grass seed, you know, that withers. No, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh it is like grass, and it's glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, the flowers fall off. That's just like what we read. But the word of the Lord, it abides forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And so again, as I really thought about it the past few weeks, as someone who has put my hope and my faith in the living word of God, I was alive in 2017. Even if I would have physically died in this year. Right now, I could still say that I'd be spiritually alive with the Lord because I've been born again of an imperishable seed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, a good and amazing thing that happened this past year is that God loved you and you loved others. God loved you 
and you loved others. Again, I think we can fixate on all the negative things in our lives, but it's important for us to meditate upon the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. You've heard it before, but it's still as good as it's ever been. John three sixteen. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, finish it, but have eternal life. Right? Thank you, God, for loving me. When was the last time you just sat down with the Lord, maybe sat down with the Word and, and a cup of coffee and just said, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for sending me your Son. First John 3.16 tells it this way. He's, he says, we know love by this, that he, Jesus Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. I know in 2017, God showed me his love through his son laying down his life for me. I know because of his son's sacrifice, I was allowed to walk in freedom, walk in victory in 2017. Instead of me having to walk around in my shame and, and in the condemnation of my sin, instead, I walked around in holiness. I walked around in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And because of the love of God, the love that he's shown me through his son, Jesus Christ, I also had, you also had the opportunity to love others. You ever think about that? You ever think about the opportunity that his love has given us? You ever think of the privilege, the honor that it is that you and I have that because of God's love flowing in us and through us, we actually have now the supernatural power to love one another. But again, I think sometimes we just think of all the ways we fell short in our love for others. You ever get trapped there? You ever have that film just play over and again and again and again in your head of all the areas where you failed, all the areas where you fell short? I think a lot of us have that film that just replays again and again. But as I look around this room, I know you guys. I know a lot of you. And I just want to say this to you. You loved others in 2017. You're just thinking about all the negative things. I know the positive things. I know a, a few of the things you did. You gave. You gave to others. And again, you're like, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But you did this. You gave. Financially, you gave. Even when it felt like you didn't have anything to give, some of you, you still gave. You gave in ways that cost you something. You gave in ways that were sacrificial. You gave your money. You gave your time. Think about the people in your life that you helped. And only you, I mean, let's, here's the thing about helping people. Only you and the Lord above really know what you did for them. Odds are maybe some of the people, they appreciated your help, but probably many of them just took it for granted. Have you noticed that in life? But did you really do it for their appreciation, right? Did you really do it for their attaboys, or did you do it for Jesus Christ? You loved them because you had been born again. You loved them because in 2017 you were spiritually alive. You loved them, and as someone who was alive with the Spirit of God just flowing through your veins, you had the love of God in you, and because His love was in you, you loved one another. As John, First uh, John, actually, chapter 4, verse 7 tells us, he says, Beloved, let us love one another. Why? Because love, it's from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. A little later he says this, he goes, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so in 2017, God abided in you. He abided, he lived in you. You're, 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 you're the cavity of who you are. That's where his home was. He rested in you. He moved in you. God loved you, and because of his love in your life, you loved others. 
That's just who you are. Stop speaking such negative things about yourself. I know you. You love one another. Third amazing and good thing that happened this past year is you stayed connected to the vine. You stayed connected to the vine. In the Bible, we're given this great imagery of the vine and the vine and the branches. Yeah. We're told, who's the vine? Jesus. Who's the branches? And the only way to live as a branch, who do you got to stay connected to? Jesus. This is how he puts it in John 15, 5. He says, yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So you guys got that right. Way to go. He says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, he says, how much can you do? You can do nothing. So you have to stay connected to the vine. It's so important. The, the vitality of your life, right? The, the fullness of your life. It depends. It absolutely depends on staying connected to Jesus. Now, sometimes I think, again, we just remember all the decisions we made where it felt like we weren't connected. So you just think of all the times you didn't read your Bibles. Think of all the times you didn't pray, you didn't give, you didn't go to church, you didn't say you're sorry, didn't ask for forgiveness, didn't forgive, didn't humble yourself, didn't yield, didn't surrender to the Lord, right? All the things you didn't do. I just want to be here this morning to encourage you, stop beating yourself up for what you didn't do. I bet at least once in 2017 you opened your Bible. And I bet you when you opened your Bible, you allowed it to teach you and to train you. For many of you, you were a part of a rooted group. And I met many of you who were just beating yourselves up for all the days that you didn't do in your workbook, right? You just told me about all the days you missed. Stop beating yourself up because I bet you, you actually did a couple of the days, didn't you? And again, prayer, prayer's a big one. Maybe your prayer life wasn't as vibrant and as exciting as you wanted it to be in 2017. But I guarantee you there were times, numerous times, that you prayed. And you prayed to the Lord. You spent time talking to God. And maybe, sure, there was times when you could have financially given to the work of the ministry. Or maybe, you know, God was asking you and challenging you to give more. Or maybe there was a time when you should have attended the service or attended the event or whatever it is. Maybe you should have done that. I don't know. But again, I think we just stay fixated, consumed by what we didn't do. But look at you. You're here on New Year's Eve. Who goes to church on New Year's Eve? You do. Congratulations. I, I just want to encourage you. You're sitting here, many of you with your Bibles open, many of you taking notes. You're staying connected to the vine. Again, we just, we just get, just dig on each other. Just dig on ourselves with negative talk, negative talk, negative talk. But look at what he says at the end. He says, you know what? Apart from me, you can do nothing. And maybe you didn't do everything you should have done. But you did some things. And whatever you did, you did it because you were connected to Jesus. You were connected to the vine. And I mentioned these three things because, again, 2018, right around the corner. And I wanted to encourage you on what God did in you and through you in 2017. And I think it's also wise for us to look at some of the areas where we missed opportunities, right? Maybe where we could have been more loving, more gentle, kind, caring, more forgiving, Maybe shown more grace in our words, more maybe mercy in our actions. I, I mean, I get all of that. And maybe even some of those things were stirring up within you as I was talking. But guess what? That's what's so great about today. That's what's so great about moving into a new year. That starting right now, you're going to have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do what God has asked you to do. 
He's not done with you. He, he's going to speak to you. He's going to give you opportunities to share his love. He's going to give you opportunities to shine his light. As long as you're still walking on this earth, God is more than willing to use you for his glory. But as your pastor, I just so want you to know that you're going to grow in these things in 2018. All right? You're not going to stay the same. But listen to this, and I hope you can receive this this morning. In 2018, you're going to grow, but you're going to grow from a place of growth. You're going to grow from the growth that has already happened in 2017. Because again, I, I just hear this way too often. I think you can look at a year and say, you know, just nothing good happened, nothing positive happened, maybe next year, right? It's that depressed Mariners fan. Well, maybe next year. But take inventory. God is doing a good work in your life. Take inventory of the good that God has done in you. The good that God has done through you. And yeah, maybe you aren't where you want to be, but come on, you aren't where you once were. Come on. I mean, there's a movement forward that God has done in your life. You moved forward. You're pressing on. You're pressing in. Celebrate. Celebrate what God did in 2017. Remember the Old Testament? They take those remembrance stones. Remember they place the remembrance stones and they go, we put these here to remember what our God has done. Some of us, spiritually, we got to get some remembrance stones and place them on our heart that the devil can't take away, your friend can't take away, your spouse can't take away, your boss can't take away. No, this is what God did in my life, and no one's taking this away from me. Some of us, we just got to get there and get stubborn with this. No, my God has done something good in me and through me. Pastor Dan Donahue, phenomenal message when he was here. If, if you missed it, go online, listen to his message. It was incredible. One of the things he said, I, I don't know about you, I just got goosebumps when he said it. He said, you got to have this attitude where you say, God, I just thank you, I thank you, but I want more. Remember that? He was saying, you know what, God, thank you, just wonderful, hallelujah, thank you for what you've done, but I want more. In each one of these areas, church, in these three areas, I think that's where we need to be as a church. Where, number one, we can say, God, thank you for the life that you've given me. Thank you that I'm alive because you're alive, but I want more. Anybody else want more? Right? You know what I'm talking about? That experience of John 10.10 where he says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they may have what? Life and have it abundantly. See, I want to grow in that church. I want to grow in what it means to have the abundant life. I want to grow in what it means to have a life that is overflowing with goodness and love and joy and grace and mercy. I want to know what it's like just to walk with Jesus and have a smile on my face, skipping along because I'm with God. I want to know that. Anybody else? Could you just agree with me that in 2018, we're going to grow in what it means to have the abundant life that only Jesus can give? Number two, God, thank you for your love. Right? Thank you for the opportunities you've given me to love others, but I want more. I don't want to settle. God, in fact, your love, I want to be overwhelmed by your love. Right? I want to be so immersed and covered by the grace and mercy and love of God that your heartbeat would be my heartbeat. Your passion would be my passion. Your desire, Father God, to see the world saved through your Son would be my desire that your love it would so permeate my life my words my actions my thoughts my decisions that your love would be so real in my life that my, my response to your amazing love would to actually be to radically love everyone around me right that people would see Jesus in me as I serve them see Jesus in me as I go out of my way to bless them that people would even experience the love of their heavenly father in the way that I treat them 
Church, would you disagree with me that we would grow in this area of love? And then number three, God, thank you that I'm connected to you. Right? Even when I tried to get away from you, God, you just, you just kept on hounding me with your love, hounding me with your grace, hounding me with your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm connected to you, that you're the vine and I'm the branch. I'm so thankful for this truth. But I want more. Don't you want more? I mean, just, Lord, that you would show us greater measures, deeper measures of what it means to be connected to you. Show me what it means to be an adopted son, to be an adopted daughter. Show me what it means to be grafted into your tree, to be grafted into your family. As, as Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, this is us, church. I want to grow in this. He says, you're a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Lord, Show us what it means, right? Come on, Lord, just show us what, I mean, that's a great description, but God, just reveal to us what this even looks like to be in your kingdom. Show us what this looks like, Father God, to walk in your marvelous light. God, give us the knowledge and understanding to know what it means to be the people of God. Greater, deeper measures of what it means to be yours. Church, can we just all agree together to grow our roots deeper and deeper in him in 2018? Hallelujah. So I'm excited. I hope you are too. As I close and worship team, you can come on up. As we head into this new year, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for you as a people. Now there might be people in this room. As you hear me talk, honestly, you're like, Pastor Dan, I did not live for the Lord in 2017. And if you've never said yes to Jesus' death and resurrection, if you've never put your faith and trust in what Jesus did, the Bible actually says this. The Bible says you are not spiritually alive. The Bible says you are not connected to the vine. As John 15, 6 declares, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and he withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if that's you this morning, God wants to save you from all of that. He actually wants to adopt you into his family. He wants to forgive you of all your sins. He wants you to be born again, not spiritually dead, but spiritually alive. But you have to say yes to Jesus. If you say yes to Jesus, he will come into your life. And I guarantee you, 2018, oh boy, buckle up, get ready. It's going to be the best year of your life. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, if you want to invite him into your life, if you want Jesus to save you from your sins, if you want him to be your Lord and your Savior, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. The rest of us, I want to pray for you that the Lord would remind you, and he's really good at reminding us, but remind you of the good things that he has done in your life. The enemy wants to just speak failure over your life. The enemy wants to speak just shame and condemnation over your life. The enemy, he just wants to show you snapshots of your sin and say you will never, ever be good enough. 
You will never, ever be good enough. Church, the news is out. You will never, ever be good enough. But Jesus was good enough. And if you say yes to Jesus, he'll be good enough for you. And if you're a Christian here, 2017, God was in you and he was flowing through you. And don't let the enemy steal another year away from you. He was doing stuff in you. When you encouraged me, when you sent that email, when you said hi to the person in the lobby, when you wrote that note, when you, when you went out of your way to help another person, God was using you for his glory. And yet so many of us are so negative towards ourselves. We don't even give ourselves permission to think of any of those things. We just allow Satan to speak death and destruction over our lives. But that is not who you are. If you're a Christian here, there is life flowing through your veins. And God did a good work in you in 2017. But I want to pray for you that you would buckle up and get ready for 2018 because God's not done with you yet. Do you believe that, church? God's not done with you yet. Philippians 1.6. It's got to be one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. He says, Paul says this. He goes, I'm confident of this. That means he believes this to be true. He's confident of this. That he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to finish what he started. He's really good at what he does. He's not done with you yet. You're in a process. You're in a journey. But could we just embrace what the Lord wants to do in this new year? I want to pray for you that you would say yes, yes to what he wants to do in you and through you in 2018. So would you bow your heads and let's pray together. Lord, I just pray right now for those that are saying yes to you for the first time, that you would come in like a flood just with your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, your scripture is so clear that when we say yes to you, yes to your death on that cross, that we are spiritually born again. Where we were spiritually dead, we are now spiritually alive. And I pray for anyone who has said yes to you and made that commitment to you today, Lord, that you would lead them and you would guide them. Lord, show them what it means to spend time with you. And if that's you today, I just encourage you to begin to just talk to God throughout this week. Just talk with him. He's with you. He's inside of you. Don't be afraid of the Bible. It can be intimidating at times, but open up around Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Start in the New Testament and just begin to read about your Savior. Read about your Lord. He will reveal himself to you. He'll speak his love over you. He'll speak his abundant life over you. And also get plugged into a church, whether it's this church or another one. Just dive into community. Dive into relationship. Dive into the body of Christ. So Lord, I just pray for those people right now that this would be the first day of the rest of their life with you, Jesus. And would you just show them, even now, Lord, that they have been adopted into your family. Speak that over their heart. Speak that over their mind, that as they confess their sins, as they uh, come to you, Jesus, and believe in your death, that there's something new that is happening in them. Encourage them in this right now, Lord, just a newness, a freshness, Lord. Some of you that said, yes, you're feeling that weight lift off your shoulders. 
you came in with such a heaviness, and yet right now you're experiencing a lightness, a lightness in your breath, a lightness in your mind, a lightness on your shoulders, and that is the Lord just and His goodness flooding into you. And I just, I always want to encourage you, if that's happening right now, just receive it. Don't be afraid of it. Uh, it can be uh, frightening, but just receive. Receive what the Lord wants to supernaturally do in your life right now. Just receive the newness of life, the newness of life that Jesus offers. As the scripture says, you're going to walk in the newness of life. Just receive. Receive. Just receive that today. Receive that. Receive the newness of life. And for those of us that are Christians, I I just want to pray for you. The amount of depression that is just invading the church these days. Lord, we, we just, and we feed ourselves with social media and, and internet and, and TV, things that just shame us again and again and again, that make us feel less than, that make us feel inadequate, that make us feel dirty, that make us feel full of shame and condemnation. We just continue to feed ourselves with things that make us feel worthless, Lord. But would you just speak right now just, uh, just, just a value over this room, that these people in this room, they're valuable to you, Lord. That they're worth actually the price of your son. They're actually worth the price of your son, of your, your only begotten son dying on that cross for them. That, that's how valuable they are. Would you just begin to speak worth over your kids? There's so many kids, Lord, right now that just feel so worthless. Would you speak your worth over them once again? That, Lord, you're so clear in your scripture that when we said yes to you, We traded in our righteousness for your righteousness. And I just speak that over you, church. You're perfect in Jesus. You're holy in Jesus. You're clean in Jesus. You're forgiven in Jesus. That blood of Jesus is really good at what it does. It washes you. It cleans you. It forgives you. You are are clean in Jesus. You're holy in Jesus. You're set apart in Jesus. You're sanctified in Jesus. You're redeemed. You've actually been bought back. There was a price that had to be paid for your sin. But when you said yes to Jesus, he paid the penalty for that sin. And yet, some of you, you walked through 2017 trying to pay the penalty for your sins and yet that penalty has been paid for on that cross I just speak freedom over you if that was you I speak freedom over you today the freedom Jesus Christ he says it is for freedom that he sets you free some of you you're you're God's kid you're his son you're his daughter and yet you've allowed the shackles of your sin to just be dragged through the mud I just pray freedom over you today freedom freedom over you freedom Freedom, freedom over you. Lord, I just pray over every person here, every one of us, Lord, that we would just, with eyes of spiritual intensity, would just begin to see how you're working, how you're moving, the good things you're doing, that there, there would be no Debbie Downers left here, Lord. Just, we would be just eyes fixated on the good things of your kingdom, the good things of your spirit, the good things, the good things, Lord. Invade us, Lord, with your salvation plan. Invade us, Lord, with your redemption plan. Lord, you came 
as the angel declared, it was good news of great joy for all the people. I think all the people includes us. So we receive your good news of great joy. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We celebrate you, Jesus. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.